C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And today, it's not just Shay and I. You get to listen to someone else. I know you're very excited. (laughs) We are. It's an esteemed guest. Yes. We have Zach Moon here. Hi, everyone. What a wonderful name. I know. It's very good. I know. I go to auditions and casting directors don't believe that it's real. Is that your given name? It's not a stage It is actually really my name. That's awesome. Um... Zach and I met through uh, my high school acting teacher, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, and was in the original cast and was super involved with the production, like all aspects of Puffs, which we'll get into later. But um, it's a, shall we say, par- do, you th- do you use parody or an it adaptation? It's, yeah, it's, a, of, it's inspired by the events of a certain Of a uh, certain popular of- wizarding thing oh is it about hufflepuffs it sure yes oh we call ourselves the puffs (laughs) we love it things to talk about yes so we'll we'll get into that i I need to not get ahead of myself um and zach like he mentioned is an actor improviser all of the above so we're really excited original cast and we just finished our run in august so i know so soon it was i mean it went on longer for than any of us thought it would ended up being a three-year project after starting like we thought it was going to be five performances so that's awesome can't wait to dig into that yeah so before we go into um our hot topics just so people can get to know you if you wouldn't mind saying how old you are what year you were born okay where you grew up and then we kind of alluded to it a little bit but what you're doing in the city now sure 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 uh well my name is zach i am 30 years old i was born in New York, but I grew up in Richmond, Virginia, uh, so I spent most of my life there. Uh, I went to college in North Carolina, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, go Tar Heels. Oh, smarty. Or some, I mean, I don't know about that, <laughs> but I certainly did a lot of theater there, um, and then moved to New York in 2011, so I've been here ever since. Uh, I've been acting, uh, joined a company uh, at the Flea Theater, which is where I met a lot of the folks that ended up doing Puffs. Uh, I've done some other stuff around town, uh, and currently am, you know, uh, working as a server, you know, to pay the bills. And we love it. Classic choice. Yeah, auditioning and stuff on the side. Got a little love it. short play thing coming up this month, mm. so that's nice at least. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, shall we dive into our hot topics? So, Zach, when we have guests we usually go around and if you don't have anything we don't have to you can skip yourself but we go around and if there's any um sort of hot topics it's kind of the time to talk about whatever you want sometimes we um if we find one that's related to millennial life we'll talk about that so i have one shay if you want me to start if not you can Uh, start well i actually thought of one okay great go for it i'm not at all prepared for it but given that we have a real live actor from Uh oh the stage um i just wanted to say how 
unbelievably excited I am for the Jagged Little Pill stage adaptation, and I may be coming to New York just to see it because I love Atlanta Morissette now? so much. Is it? Yeah, it, so just, start, it just started, right? It premiered like last week, I think. It's Somebody on Facebook maybe. was like, "I'm at the premiere of blah blah blah," and I was like, "Fuck you!" Also, <laughs> I want to be there. Um, and I just I love Alanis, and every time, I always want to like like poo-poo my love of her but then I always hear her interviewed and I'm just like you are an amazing woman I don't care that you are a super hippy dippy weirdo now (laughs) I just love everything about you and I love your music and I know it dates me but I don't even care she is amazing and I cannot wait to see the musical yes now she's such a unique voice too like I just you know you can't really compare anyone else to her in a lot of ways so I think I don't know I'm excited for the stage adaptation yeah. i think it'll be cool i don't really know yeah. anything about it i'm excited no, I, I feel like i because well, it'll probably it won't get reviews until it officially opens it's yeah. probably just in previews it's now. all like hush and hush so, yeah um i feel like i i'm 25 i'm almost 26 so i feel like i'm on a the little bit of the younger end for alanis but definitely mm. That's enjoy her i feel like i got into her i, I was like past her contemporary time. yeah <laughs> you were into her like when she was like when she doing was the old. thing um yeah no how do you how do you guys feel about like people call them like jukebox musicals or like non-original musical stuff i feel like that's all the rage shay loves Loves them i love them i love them it depends on the story the the problem that they find is that like because you have this set amount of music that wasn't meant to tell a story it's hard to build a story around those and integrate those songs into a way that really tells a good story so if you can do that then great i'm all about it and sometimes, if you can't, and it's just a ragtag yeah. bunch of songs, as long as everyone's having a good time, like, that's also a perfectly yeah. valid thing to do. I feel like the do. easiest like, thing to like... do is, like, the Carol King musical, mm-hmm. where it's, like, the songs aren't really telling a story, but it's, like, about her life. I feel like the Temptations musical life. is like yeah. that, or, like, Jersey Boys. Yeah. Well, I think what's so funny is if you look at, like, um, Mamma Mia, they're, they do such oh, a yeah. good job of, that's this, a good right, example. Of, mm-hmm. of using the music of ABBA, but there's one or two songs in that musical <laughs> That when they you're like this this makes no sense the, the plot <laughs> they just, of the story they just but you don't care it because it's ABBA right? I know and that show's I mean, so campy anyways they can like get away with it oh when exactly. you're just there to have a good time like that show is so fun yeah you just go I think and... I saw it three times or something ridiculous yeah when I, I remember it. I saw it in second grade when it like toured through Detroit mm-hmm. and I like did not know what was happening in the plot. And, like, the plot is kind of scandalous as, like, a child, yeah. once you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, she accidentally got pregnant, yeah. she doesn't well, yeah. know who the dad is. Here's the most scandalous thing. I saw Miss Saigon when I was in, like, fourth grade. Oh, oh wow, really? There's some casual yeah. racism in that one, yeah. too. Oh, well, also, like, abortion and wife oh, yeah. murder mm-hmm. and the war so in general. many terrible things. But it is so, it is such an incredibly moving and beautiful piece, mm-hmm. but... When I look back at it now and be like, oh, I think I was in fourth or fifth grade when I saw that. And I have these beautiful memories of the day and going um, and seeing the show. But then when I think about it, I'm like, oh, it's probably it's not like going to see Cats or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Can't cats. wait for that movie to yeah. come out. Was anyone else terrified? Fantastic. By... Yeah. So I'm so scared out. of it. But I'm so there on opening weekend. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, I... I don't even know. I'm a big Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. I love the Phantom of the Opera. I think it's great. Mm, it's good. That Classic. was actually the first Classic. Broadway musical I think I ever saw. Oh, yeah. Fun fact. I love it. Um, cool. 
Excellent All right, Maddie. Topic. Um, what is your mine? Okay, mine's another. Topic. Sometimes for Zach's benefit, sometimes we come and we're like, "I just read this entire book. Let me give you a dissertation." Or here's like a New York Times <laughs> okay. article. No, this is not going to be that. We have to talk about it because it's just like so zeitgeisty. The OK Boomer memes that are circulating around the internet. Are we familiar? I where you just retort to everything with OK Boomer. I'm so <laughs> I'm so meme illiterate. Okay, this well, really I'll explain it to you. Okay, Have you good. seen it, Shay? I, I keep seeing it, like, flitting past my, I have some know, examples on my kind phone. of view, but I have not really had a chance to really dig in. Okay, so but it's it basically... Funny. And it started with that, that, your mom sent that article about William Shatner, yeah. and I couldn't watch the whole video because <laughs> I was, like, confused, but I liked it. Yeah, so, I liked like, that your mom sent it. it's kind <laughs> of evolved. So it just started, it's kind of a way for the millennials, right, because we get a bad rap as being lazy and entitled sure. and whatever, and everyone likes to write all these think pieces about how much we suck. Yeah, but then and we've so, inherited all this stuff from... Right. Yeah. Of course. It's all, like, who raised us, the boomers. Right. So, the okay boomer thing, it's kind of an all-encompassing, just, like, whenever someone... The same way, like, millenn- people use the term millennial, even though most millennials are, like, in their late 20s, right. 30s right. now, for, like, just young people in general. Yeah, yeah. It's the same with, like, being like, okay, boomer, to anyone that's just, like, older than you, whether they're, like, 50 <laughs> okay. or 100. All right. So it's kind of like that. So that's what this is. I think boomer, like, millennial, is now shorthand for someone older than me whose views I want to dismiss. The age range isn't even right. True. Um, the reason why okay, boomer is such a great generational marker is it cleaves so neatly. Boomers hate it. Gen X will mock it. Millennials will enthusiastically use it to the point of exhausting it <laughs> without actually inventing it. And Gen Z has already moved on and thinks we're all noobs. Very true. Yes. True. Um, oh, so now a lot of these memes that I've been seeing about like boomers and millennials fighting and like yes. Gen X sitting on the side with the popcorn, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't understand what the fuck's going on, but it's yeah. all coming together now. Um, yeah. So I just think it's really funny, and the boomer. So that goes to the, like the William Shatner video. My mom sent this to me that like a lot of the boomers, especially like the meme illiterate, maybe older boomers. Like, my parents are in their 50s, but they're technically boomers, but, like, maybe people that are in their 70s mm-hmm. who don't really know how to use the computer, like, they see it and they take it literally that, like, people are making fun of them, and mm-hmm. then it's, like, an ageist thing, and they're like, no, we're oh, just, like, dismissing being, like, you. Sarcastic. And- yeah. So, I just find it hilarious. I love any sort of just, like, people talking past each other on the internet, mm-hmm. not understanding, so... And it really blew up, like, on Twitter. Like, normally, I'm always, like, on the lookout for, like, millennial stuff anyways, but this was, like, whoa. People were, like, really going off. Yeah. That shows how much I know. Man, I feel (laughs) like... Are you on the Twitter? Are you on the social beads? I am, but barely. I mean, I don't know. You have better things to do. I guess. You're not like me, just all day at my desk. No, not all day, but... Just most of it. I think this is some exciting news I'm going to have to share with our pod listeners. Um, I think I'm getting on Twitter again this week. Why? Is there a particular... I thought you hated Twitter. Well, because um, my client slash cousin slash former guest of the pod, Kristen Keats, is a big Twitter-er. Oh my god, I should follow her. I didn't even know she was on. Oh yeah, it's Kristen Keats CPA. Um, (laughs) She tweeted all the news from QuickBooks Connect. Uh, she's actually what actually has a very funny and lovely account. Um, so, but since she is communicating so much on Twitter and I'm doing a lot of their social media or at least helping them develop the plan, uh, I was like, I guess I'm going to have to get on the Twitter and see what all these people are doing. So yeah, I don't feel good about it. And I kept trying to log into my old account that I haven't logged into for 
probably. Oh, if you don't log in for a yeah, if you don't log into your account for a year, they delete it, so it's gone. They won't delete it, but they also won't let me log in with my email. It's very confusing. It's like out. It's like gone. You're never gonna be able to access it. I'm glad. Yeah, go away forever. I was reading this because I saw. Lindy West, who wrote Shrill, which is oh, now like the so Hulu good. adaptation. Love her. Um, she just wrote a new book, and one of the essays in her new book is about Twitter because she used to be like an avid user. And then part of her whole shtick is that she got like horribly harassed on it mm-hmm. for many years. And everyone was like, Well, you can't quit it. Like, you're an author, and now you're trying to get into TV. Like, that's where all this right. stuff is happening. Like, you're going to miss out. And she like wrote this very funny essay and she about like what happened when she quit Twitter. And she was like, Nothing happened. Yeah. Life she's went like, on. Just oh. life. Life went on. So and she's like, now. Like just... It's like essays. Oh, sorry, it's no. like shrill. It's just like essays. Yeah, but it's just coming out like right this second. Yeah, yeah. It came out like, like last how week. How did I not know about this? No, I it like just it. came. I saw. She gave like a book talk like the day it came out. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just really funny. And she was like, life goes on. But then she was also like, she has like a lurking account that she doesn't post on at all. She just uses, uses it to like to look. to look at stuff. And she was like, it's much better. It's much nicer to not have to put yourself out there. So yeah. I recommend that. Cool. Very Love cool. It. All right. Do you have any hot topic oh, millennial gosh. stuff before we start peppering you with questions? If not, we can just dive right into the interview. So I no don't know. Pressure. I don't have anything prepared. No, that's okay. I do. I, I mean, just thinking about that Twitter. <laughs> just thinking about that Twitter stuff. It's so funny because like as a performer and an actor, it's like everyone pressures you to have like this social media presence Mm -hmm. and stuff and like sometimes you go to auditions and they ask you to write down how many followers you have wow wow i would be like 230 yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's not a lot of the auditions that i go on because they're more like it'd be stuff for like mtv and stuff like that but it's still just a scary thing that i'm like i what if i don't want to do that yeah (laughs) i just don't want to i know i think twitter's gross and scary for Many reasons. For a lot of reasons. Yeah. No, I know, Shay, you have gotten a lot of pressure, too, with, like, trying to get coaching yeah. clients and stuff. I'm sure. I, I really struggle. I mean, it's so funny because it's, like, on my to-do list is, like, figure out what to do about social needs. Because <laughs> uh, there's a part of me that I really need to stay up to date and relevant and current in what's going on in those fields because mm. I get asked for my thoughts and my advice on them. But I also don't. It's not even that I don't want to use them. I just am a private person and I find a really hard time finding the balance between being, I mean, I hate to use the word authentic, but, you know, telling like the story that I think will resonate with people who want to connect with me and not wanting to share about my life, but also not wanting the only thing I post to be like, now I'm offering coaching sessions at this number of dollars. Now buy this from me, you know, so it's really hard to... I think balance all of that without putting together a program that like you really have to spend a lot of time thinking about and developing and curating. And I'm Mm -hmm. just like, I don't have time for that. I have like four full-time jobs and this podcast. Like I just don't. So, um, there's only so many hours in the day. I think it's interesting too. What you were just saying reminded me of this. Instagram is now going to hide likes. Did you guys hear about this? No. Starting next week. There it's got a lot of mixed reviews. So like, you can still, as far as I interpreted what they said, you can still like a photo. They're just not going to display how many likes how it many got. likes it has. Great, which is awesome. So it's they're trying to see like what they're hoping is that it'll 
make people increase the number of posts because they're not going to be worried like, oh, I just posted three times in a row. This one's not going to get as many likes. So there will be more engagement on the platform. The cynical flip side that I've heard from some people is that obviously Instagram is owned by Facebook and a lot of like the ad revenue for Instagram influencers and brands and stuff is based on how many followers you have and what your like to follow ratio is as a measure of engagement. And so if they take that away, then the only way to show ads on Instagram is to buy it through Facebook. So they're basically taking the ad revenue away from influencers and individuals and funneling all of it to Facebook. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. But who's to say it hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think just the thing that's unfortunate is that they do all of these things for the big players and it doesn't, you know, again, it doesn't affect the person who truly uses it for their own personal social use, but it does affect small businesses and medium sized businesses who Mm -hmm. aren't getting revenue dollars from being an influencer, but they do get clients. They do use it to build a relationship with potential clients and, you know, having those likes does make a difference. So I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot of things that happen in social media that ultimately hurt the people who pioneer the best ways to use it as a marketing tool and as a marketing tool that isn't sleazy and then it sucks. Uh, But I also really don't understand how any algorithms work. Uh, Don't tell my clients. Well, they also don't publish them. They like purposely keep them vague. Yeah. So that you can't So they can change them anytime that they want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And like some of the stuff, like I read a thing through like researching this Instagram, getting rid of likes, like Mm -hmm. one of the things that Instagram does, which I've totally noticed this and I thought it was just like a glitch on my phone Mm -hmm. that right now, like let's say you post a photo on Instagram you go do something else for an hour, you come back and you're like, I want to see how many likes that photo got. You look, you open the app and it'll say, I got 10 likes and you're like, cool. And then you're scrolling through just like normal Instagram usage. And then right when you're like about to close the app, it'll say like, you got five more likes. Really what happened is like when you opened the app, you had 15 likes, but But Instagram, they show you a portion and then they wait until they think you're going to close the app to show you the remainder so that you stay on on the app. Isn't that crazy? I thought it was just like my, my Wi-Fi wasn't working and it was just not refreshing. Right. But no, it's a real thing. Because then it keeps showing you like every, after that, it keeps showing you every individual. Right. And it's like, you got one more. Right. Come back. You got one more. Yeah. Come back. We're still here. So it's not real time. So that's not even, like, the algorithm of what shows up on your feed. That's just, like, how it plays with your mind. That's a good Um, reminder. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, excellent hot topics all around. Um, Shall we dive into the interview portion? Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to hear all about Puffs. Yes. Okay. Maybe if you want to go through how it started, what is it. timeline, yeah. Yeah. I know it started as an improv sketch kind of in, thing yeah it started at the people's improv theater at the pit uh it was where we first performed it which is down um in like the Flatiron district uh but it was a great improv theater they do stand-up stuff as well they try and we're at the time we're trying to get more like straight plays into that space and so we thought that this might be kind of a good fit for that what they were going for um so you, did you write it, it as a group or matt wrote it uh and, but he kind of wrote it with all of us, the original cast, in mind. Uh, so, you know, we didn't audition or anything. He was like, hey, I'm writing this. Do you want to play this part? And I was like, And you guys uh, yeah, were already, sure. like, playing together at the... 
we had done everything. we had done stuff at the most of us had done stuff at the fleet together. Um, they had also just done another show at the pit that that they're hopefully going to do again somewhere else later this in uh, 2020 uh, called Kapowi Gogo, which was like this epic like anime style saga of like mix up between like your favorite Saturday morning cartoons and like video games from our childhood and like all of that kind of nostalgic stuff. Um, but you know, that was love them some nostalgia. <laughs> sure do. But they also maybe don't love a, I think it was six hours long oh, wow. show. So in, oh. in three different parts. So it was, it was a commitment. Like yeah. you would go on a Saturday. If you watched all three parts in a row, they would do it like on a Saturday at noon with like a cereal bar in the lobby for between the acts or whatever. So it was fun. But they thought they'd try and do something maybe more commercially viable yeah. <laughs> and maybe do something. And it just, the idea popped into Matt's head one day. It was like, what would it be like to go to school with Harry? Like, what were the rest of the kids thinking the entire time? Because crazy shit happened. Like, the and like it was so, can yeah. You, yeah. Can you give a, <laughs> or I can do it if you don't, if you don't feel up to it, Zach, uh, just a short synopsis of who is Harry Potter and what is, Hufflepuff versus a Gryffindor. Oh, sure. Um, well, Harry was the protagonist of all those those main books. Um, you know, they all... Written by J.K. Rowling. Written by J.K. Rowling. Follow follow him through seven years, and he was the chosen one, you know, the one yeah. who was supposed to fulfill this prophecy and So and he's stop doing the all the cool Lord. shit. Yeah, he's doing all this cool shit, and, and the Puffs were these... One of the four houses, and, you know, in sort of pop culture have always been relegated as kind of the loser of the group because like they're the least was written about them in the books the they kind of have the least representation other than cedric um so they kind of were always the butt of the jokes when anyone had them it felt like for a long time um so matt was interested in that and like what it's like to be the underdogs in this story of like one kid rising to the top um and so that's you know was the starting point and also starting from the fact that there were a lot of kids that died in the battle at the end of year seven. Like, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a yeah. lot of, like, children that die, um, which you don't, like, think crazy. about it when you're reading the book as much. And then you're like, oh, wait a second. That's really dark. Um, I, I did a full Harry Potter reread over the summer. And, uh, yeah, that seventh book is, like, not easy to get through and then they're just like and then lavender brown dies yeah and then yeah. this person and you're like oh and when you read them all i think quickly and yeah. you you like you you kind of forget i think when you were reading them as they come came out yeah, right read. because it'd be like two or three years between right. each book and um anyway i found the impact of some of that That's had you really reread so them since you were an adult as opposed to when you were a kid i have probably read the whole harry potter series oh yeah, I probably read them like five times. And again, okay. I was also a little old. I'm 35, so I was not technically. I was a little old for the Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, like I, right his yeah. age the entire time yes. the books were coming out. I was out. kind of right above that. Right in the so sweet spot. I re- just read them in college, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I was like, oh, these are fun. You know, my siblings were reading them, and I was like, okay, why not? Uh, but I didn't have that same you know visceral reaction as the kids who like grew up with them. So it was yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. It's been really interesting to reread them. Over the year, I mean, I am a big rereader of books anyway. But right. um, were you anyway. a big fan of the books and movies before you had started on this project, or no? I was a fan. I think most most of us. There were a couple people like I won't call anyone out, but there were like uh, one guy had not read a single book or seen a single movie. Mm. Oh. 
Wow, one that's really crazy. I feel yeah. like at least the movies you've seen. One of the others had only seen the movies and not read any of the books. We made them watch the yeah. movies and they learned more. So, yeah. what is the... You explained the premise of Puffs, but what is the plot? So the plot, plot? Uh, follows Wayne, uh, who's the character I played, who's Ooh, an orphan from New lead. Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> the lead. <Ooh. laughs> um, he's an orphan, much like Harry, from New Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, who, you know, finds out that he's a wizard all of a sudden at age 11 and gets whisked off to a wizarding school. Uh, and then he kind of forms his own trio with Oliver and Megan sort of, you know, mirroring the, the trio of Harry, Ron, Hermione. Mm-hmm. Um and just follows their exploits. You, you know, you see a lot of the familiar characters, like the teachers and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Wayne ends up, you know, really trying to become friends with Cedric, especially as a big part of the plot, um, and how that turns out. And Cedric kind of taking him under his wing and trying to show him the ropes. You know, Wayne has this grand dream of being a hero and being, you know, the chosen one, uh, mm-hmm. but is kind of always destined to mediocrity. And then the play follows their adventures and like what happens to the school when harry is off doing other things and uh you know through quidditch tryouts and and classes and you know the awkward you know year five when or year year five or year six when everyone starts dating and starts doing that for the first time um and then all the way through the battle and then you know kind of the story for wayne at least so at least for me is like what it's like to grow up and realize you're not destined to be you know Super Bowl champion yeah. or yeah. like what it is to kind of accept your lot in life that yeah you're not going to be that thing you thought when you were a kid but how to accept that and grow with that and be okay with that and embrace that so now for this play I'm sitting here looking at you Zach and you have a full beard <laughs> you are very manly gentleman but are you playing like an 11 year old to start we were playing 11 year olds this i have gotten to grow since the show ended i it was a funny you you weren't allowed to have no i was clean shaven for the whole the whole length of the show but i did have this for like four years beforehand so there was one day during rehearsals where Kristen, the director had to come over and be like this is not okay (laughs) you know you have to shave that right and i was like but but maybe maybe it'll if, be funny with what, it. <laughs> what if it's funny? She's like, you have to shave it. I was like, okay, well, I know. I know. I was wondering if it was because it was a parody that you were, you guys, that there was some bit that yeah. involved you. Maybe guys we can talk older, about that. Yeah. Like, could have been. Is it a show for adults or for children? I would. S- or it, both. Like, is it rated PG or is it rated R? I would. Or it, somewhere in between. It's closer to PG. It's probably between PG thirteen and R. Um, there were some curse words. We did family friendly matinees, mm-hmm. uh, mm. Saturdays and Sundays where we would take out all the curse words basically, but there still was some, some like sexual content. Thematic elements. Yeah, thematic elements. And you know, there's still the violence of like, like people I said, like the, yeah. the battle and like there spoiler are, you do, alert. See people, you do see people die. Spoiler, won't spoil who, but yeah, cause you can still, uh, purchase the show is available on iTunes and Amazon. As wow. a small plug. Yep. So if you ever wanted to buy it, I think it's twenty dollars. I one hundred percent am going to do that and oh, watch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's how I've seen it. I didn't get to see it when it was on stage, but I saw it on Amazon. Yeah, Wait, so we're actually mm-hmm. Yeah, it's on Amazon. Um Puffs are seven increasingly eventful years at a certain school of magic and magic. Yes. So maybe you the, can talk about that, like how once you you kind of talked a little bit about the impetus for the project, oh, but yeah. when did it 
get out of the pit theater and you realize, oh, this thing really does have legs. Yeah, so we started at the pit, and one of the first performances, uh, this guy named Irvin, who we've come to know and love over the years, uh, wrote an article for Hypable um, mm. about the show. Hiking and you up and Hypable. Yeah, I mean, and well, all of a sudden it had like 10,000 shares on Facebook or whatever. And Going viral. All, yeah, basically, and like those shows... We had only scheduled five at the time, and they all sold out. And so then we were like, okay, I guess we're adding more shows. Um, so we just kept scheduling shows, and that went for about eight months until about August. Um, and early on in that January, February time, a producer that some of us knew from having done shows at the Flea saw the show, and he went back to his producing partner and went, we need to option this. Uh, and so they did, and moved it off-Broadway to the Electro Theater, where we ran for another like nine months from like September to the following summer, whenever. Uh, and then the Electra was actually going to shut down. They've actually gutted the entire space. Oh, wow. So they were like, we wow. either have to close the show or find a new space. Um, and they swung for the fences and said, if we're going to do it, let's not make a lateral move. Let's, you know, move up. Yeah. Uh, so they went to New World Stages, which is where Avenue Q was running at the time. It's where wow. Jersey Boys is. The Gazillion Bubble Show. I've um, been very intrigued by the Gazillion Bubble Show. It's. Did you ever like interact with the other we, like, they, shows? Uh, they put us in a bubble. We what? had one day where they actually took us on stage. Well, they weren't doing a show, and they they have this giant bubble that they can actually put two or three people in at a time. For those that and are not familiar feel? with the Gazillion Bubble Show, it's exactly yeah. what it sounds like. It's a gazillion. It's like they talk about like bubbles soap and bubbles. Yeah. They just. <laughs> it's mostly a kids show. Um, oh, okay. But also yeah. fun for adults. But I can imagine if you're, if you're into, bubbles. into bubbles, then you could have a grand old time. <laughs> I was always intrigued yeah. by that. I or maybe certain substances. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, I bet that, w- yeah. <laughs> Someone does mushrooms and then goes and, and goes, has a grand time. I'm sure yes. you would have a blast. Like so. when I went to the Chris Angel show. We were talking about that before. Oh, yeah. We started <laughs> I talked about that experience on the pod. Um, so you got to the bigger stage at this point. Like how many shows a week were you doing? At the Electra, we were doing three to four a week, whereas at the Pit, we were doing, like, it, was, it wasn't a set schedule, because mm-hmm. we had to schedule amongst the other shows, so we were still sharing the space, you know, we'd do the show, then put everything in plastic bins and right. shove it under the, the risers and, like, come back next week and do it again, um, and then at the Electra, we were doing, like, three or four a week, but also at the time, we still were sharing the stage with other shows, so we would have to pack everything up um, every night. And then once we got to New World Stages, we started at six shows a week and eventually moved up to eight shows a week. Which so this like was, a like, was this like run. your your job, your life? Once or? we moved up to eight shows, it was my it was the only thing I was doing. Yeah, yeah. it was um, up until then I had been managing at a restaurant for the first leg of it. But then once we moved up to enough shows, I couldn't do that anymore because I had been full time right. there, um, and I couldn't. I was you know working seven days a week between the restaurant and the show so I was like I need to not do this so yeah went to another restaurant and was just serving so that I could only do like two or three days a week or whatever so I could do the show um but then yeah once we went up to eight shows I was like okay bye I'm just (laughs) gonna go act for a living that must have been an amazing moment for you though it was it was like if you'd asked me coming out of college what the dream is like that's to a t what it was you know is to be like making a living doing acting yeah that's so cool. Which was so. Did you ever hear from 
as you're doing this show from the like JK Rowling's camp, like Rowling, I never say her name right. Like did they did she have any opinion on the show? I only know rumors because I never had any of those meetings if they did mm. really happen because I was just yeah. acting in the show. There's like rumors that <clears throat> but there they maybe I, met with her or something. I think I think maybe there was at least some contact. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm sure she's like so I've, into the. I can say IP. the one personal story I do have is from when I was waiting tables. Actually, I was mm. like, it was nine in the morning. We just opened for breakfast, um, and there's one guy there, and I'm the only server, and he looks at me. He goes. You look familiar, and I'm not even awake yet. Yeah. I like just, like, uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and then he was like, "Oh, you were in Puffs." I was like, "Yes, yes." Um, he was like, "Oh, I, I work for J.K.'s Publishers. Mm. I saw the show at the Pit, um, and I told her I really liked it." So, oh. so, so she at least knows that it exists. So that's that's as yeah. much as I can confirm is that what that guy told me. Well, that's so. good. I'm sure if she was like, "This is an abomination to everything. I, I my life's work is over." She, you would have had some. And I'm sure if they issues. if they had really had any copyright stuff that they would yeah. have taken action to well, shut us down. I mean, it's I also think parody really is the highest yeah. form of flattery too. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's interesting about. Her as a writer and the whole community is that she really encourages this type of thing, right? She doesn't, yeah. she really, I think, and I, I believe I read this somewhere or heard it, that she kind of gives it over to the fans. Like once it's out in the universe, she's like, I don't have any control over what people do with my work. And she's the richest woman on earth. So who gives a damn, right? Exactly. You know, as long as it's not um, like bringing the brand down, I would assume that like, yeah. yeah she would be happy about that or I would hope at least you know that's how I certainly would feel if I'd created something Mm -hmm. like that I'd be flattered if someone was taking the time and the effort to create something like that yeah I think that's cool so Zach what is your next project uh right now I'm kind of in between things I've got a uh a short play festival uh coming up this month called Asking for Trouble uh that Ensemble Studio Theater does they've got a group of playwrights uh the group is called the young bloods so it's all playwrights that are under 30 once you're 30 they kick you out so i'm feeling you're almost there. I'm, I'm washed well, up <laughs> well i'm not the playwright so luckily i can still participate can still in act. things there yeah. yeah so they it's been great because i haven't been able to do it the last couple of years because of puffs so uh yeah. this year when they were getting ready to do it the uh, they reached out to me and they're like you can actually do it this year right and i was like yes i can i'm so excited um but it's great fun the like the playwright will pull a director out of a hat, pull actors out of a hat, and pull wow. a prompt. And so then they just have oh, to write cool. a, a short play based on that. So they're usually like 10, That's 20 minutes. Fun. And then they do a bunch of them. We'll perform each of them like three times over the course of a week at the end of the month. So That's super fun. Yeah, so I have my first rehearsal for that tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that. Cool. At least cool. as a thing in the interim. I know you mentioned you kind of alluded to like Puff's overtaking your life. You're one of the only people in the show right that was in all of the performances from the beginning yeah yeah it was just uh it ended up being four of us that did the shows i think it ends up being somewhere close to a thousand right around there did it ever get old like doing eight shows a week i always wonder that like it definitely did i think one thing so there was there's a there's a scene in the show the sports tryout scene uh that ended up being improvised every night uh or every show uh, by originally Nick and then other folks who took over after him. Uh, so that scene was the main like improv part of the show. The rest of it was 
relatively scripted. You know, we could play around with certain bits here and there. But that one was just like, here, you've got three to five minutes, go. And sometimes it would be related to Harry Potter stuff. Sometimes it was just he would recount a movie as if it were a thing that happened to him that day. Um, <laughs> or any number of things. Or he would abuse us and make us do weird physical skills or whatever he felt like on a given day. Um, so that we realized at a certain point that the four of us that did the show the entire run were the four people that watch him do that scene on stage. Mm. So we were like, oh, it's probably because it actually there genuinely was one part that was different every single time, yeah. no matter what. Wow. Um, that I bet is a large reason why the four of us were able to to do it that to many stand times. It, yeah. But there That's were, not... you know, there were certainly shows where I was like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm on did autopilot. I, I would I would be like did I even say those words three scenes ago? No one stopped and looked at me like I was crazy, so I must have said them. But (laughs) I don't remember it. I love that you are addressing this, because it's something, you know, having been an avid theater goer, I suppose Mm -hmm. I could call myself. I always wondered, like, what is it like to do that, to do eight shows a week for sometimes years or even decades? I mean, where, like, how does that work inside your brain? So I love that you addressed that it's it was definitely it was the first it's the first time I've ever done it so I think I don't know if I did it right I just you know you kind of sure you did you get up and you're like I don't have any choice so I have to do this um yeah you know and there are there's there's personal time you know vacation time and and sick days that you can take so you know you don't have to right. push yourself to the limit and you know do something that you're not prepared to do but because mm-hmm. we had understudies and stuff that knew all the parts to go on for anyone who got sick or whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah, there were certain shows where I was like, I can't, my body knows this better than my brain does at this point. So if I think mm-hmm. about it, I'll actually mess up. <laughs> yeah. Muscle memory. Yeah. Way. Was yeah. taking over. And like, and then there are other moments where you're like, I, because re- there were certain moments in the show where, you know, there's more emotional significance to it. And I really want to be present for those moments. And so it's sometimes you have to like check out, depending on your, how you're feeling in a day, I need to check out for this scene in order to like really click into this other scene and be present mm-hmm. and like, available for it because you know you want to still give the best performance you can because it may be your eighth show in the week but it's the only time these people are seeing it so you don't want to ever totally just phone it in right even if some days your body wants to do that yeah yeah i know you just got back from being in michigan (laughs) with the middle schooler so this is how zach and i met was because yes please explain this to me my uh high school acting teacher came to new york and it was um, he was here for a conference, but part of it too, his middle school was doing the children's adaptation of Puffs. The and middle school, school that t- and high school, yeah, yeah. They're both doing it yeah. at some um, point this year. So that was like the play that they were doing, and he, I think, reached out to a bunch of people on Instagram and social media, and he knew that I think he had originally gotten tickets to see the show, but it had closed, so he got a his money back and he was like oh shucks you know i can't see the show but he started reaching out to people we ended up seeing an improv show and then hanging out with um some of the improvisers some of the people that were in the cast and zach was one of them and you guys ended up going to michigan to yeah, be with the children up, how so was that he, i love that he reached out to us and and was like hey i know this is crazy but would you all be interested in coming and talking to the students and you know doing some kind of workshop or whatever and we were all like yeah, I mean, if we can make it work, then sure. And he went to his school board, and they found funding to bring a bunch of us oh, to Michigan. Wow. Yeah, to actually get us out there. Um, 
and actually it was very funny because one of the cast members grew up 30 minutes if that from the oh, school really? yeah andy's yeah. from troy yeah um and so That's she so, so a bunch of us actually just stayed at her parents house yeah um to even help out with whatever uh which was so funny and then we yeah got to meet all the students which was really really were they wonderful. so excited they were, were so they, like, excited yeah they were so excited Aww. and they were having such a fun time doing it it was so strange to watch actual like children yeah. doing the show because you know they're at the actual age of the kids that we were you know us 30 year olds yeah. are portraying <laughs> yeah. um, which just makes it when like wayne is awkwardly asking a girl out for the first time it's so it's like so real it's, it's, it's like so too real, real. <laughs> and it was just like my heart was just melting and i was just like this is so cool and also so weird to see this thing that like we kind of yeah. put together as like a group of friends several years ago being done somewhere around the country like that's and like and i get my the this is the funny thing about social media is i get a lot of messages on instagram and stuff from kids that are either some kids and like professional theaters around the country that are doing it and that are just like hey do you have any words of advice or like anything also Love like that. thanks yeah it's so it's one of the really nice things about social media actually has been that yeah. people have felt okay to like reach out to someone yeah because like, i'm just me like it's so strange no. to think that i mean that's how we find guests for this podcast we'll like randomly dm really? people and be Great. like yeah. hey yeah it's worked that's... in the past maddie is the queen of the rat random DM. <laughs> yes i'm like how do you know this person and she's like i dm'd them i'm like okay okay yeah. great no i, I mean most so people cool, just yeah. want to be invited like yeah. most people yeah. are like yeah this is cool and i'm sure you can relate it's like you were just talking about it like it's something so personal that was like kind of an inside thing with a group of friends and now it's like out in the world mm -hmm. and it's really easy to be like well no one's really paying attention like the show ended and yeah now it's kind of dead but that's really not the case at all yeah yeah i think last i heard there were like a hundred licensed productions or something that's crazy around the country I which know. is and being insane. the og i'm sure you get like I, like yeah, there will and, never be a well, another and, first wane and also because the the video actually exists so a lot of people that mm -hmm. are doing the show have actually watched the film version of it oh awesome yeah which is a thing we did while we were at new world they were like what if we put together raise the money and put it together and so they filmed two performances and then edited them together and they actually did it on fathom events like if you ever see those oh, advertisements yeah. in the movie theaters yeah, of course. yeah so they did fathom events for two nights so we watched the film version in Times Square. Is that weird? It was very strange. It was really surreal, though. Like, to just watch Love the it. thing. While we were still performing it, by the way. So yeah. we, like, had to do the show the next day. So you um, can't let it get to your head too much. <laughs> and yeah. I was watching it, and I was like, I've been doing that this whole time? <laughs> oh, what is wrong I'm sure with everyone, me? they were like, I'm the worst one. Every single one of us walked out of that movie theater being like, you guys are great, I'm trash. <laughs> Oh, um, it's like we're all trash together. That's a normal reaction yeah, to seeing yourself. I know. I feel like now that me. we've done this podcast, I used to think that I was like, my voice sounds like trash, but now that I like edit the podcast and stuff, You've I'm like, you just kind of have to get used to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's really funny. Like some guests will, are like, I can't listen to myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I, if you I, do I it for a hundred shows. Did you? That's impressive. Cause I still have trouble with Thanks. it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like once it's you're forced to listen to it to edit it, then it's like That's you fair. have to get over it. But I know a lot of podcasters that don't listen to their own stuff for that reason. Well, someday, Maddie. Someday. <laughs> I know. Someday when we Higher get the big editor. books. 
Yeah. Get that sweet blue apron money. Sweet blue apron. Oh, God, we haven't talked about the sweet blue apron money for a long time. You have sweet but... blue apron money? No, we want it. No. We want to get sponsored and get this that. This podcast brought to you by Blue Apron. Yes. Exactly. You know it. See, it's go. the classic. It's the classic podcast. Yeah. That and Squarespace. Yeah. There's, mm. there's a few. There's a few classics. Squarespace, Casper mattresses, Casper. I take. Yeah, they would be awesome. Um, that yeah, would be wonderful. Alas. <laughs> um, so... Zach, what is your, okay, you finished this, you're doing some other small projects. What is your big dream? Oof, I've been thinking about that a lot. What is the five-year plan? I know, I've been thinking about that a lot lately, especially with the show ending. It was kind of this weird moment where I felt like I was 22 and just graduating college again. Like, it kind of felt like starting over, where I had this thing that, like, you know, is the pinnacle of my career thus far. I can say, because yeah. it is, and hopefully it won't be the last thing I do, but who knows, right. we'll see. Um, but yeah, but getting out of it, I was like, I don't really know where to go next. Um, and especially at the end of the show, I was so burnt out, I was like, I don't even want to act right now. Just want to, like, sit on a beach, I just want to like, Or just have a night off, like, yeah. eight shows a week, we only had one night off. Right. It's such a specific lifestyle. Yeah. And, and well, you know, it's Tuesday, so I don't see anyone else besides the people in the show. Like, <laughs> yeah. How, yeah. How many of you want to hang out on a Tuesday night? Not too many of my yeah. friends, it turns <laughs> out. Um, but, but, I'm, but I think having this sort of smaller project to gear back into is getting me excited about getting my feet wet again, acting, and, and hopefully working on more writing stuff um, as well. I want to get more into making more video content and and stuff because I have at least through the show I've also met other people who are decently talented at that and you know building that network yeah uh and going from there because you know this day and age it's it's hard to just go and audition and get something it's you know yeah it you got to be I making feel like that's stuff. the hardest way yeah yeah at this at this point like everyone has access to such technology that if you're not making something yourself then you're behind the eight ball um yeah. It's very interesting. So, figuring out that. what that looks like for myself, and but it's nice to have a solid community of friends through the show and and people I've met through the show to to be moving forward on that. So I am I am excited, if a little like apprehensive of of what that really looks like, but we'll yeah. see. Awesome. Very cool. <laughs> yeah, so good. Awesome. I, I don't know. I love that you talked about that experience because I think this is something that happens a, like. Not that we don't dream big enough, but we don't even know what there is out there to dream about. And then you like get the thing and then the thing is awesome. And then the thing ends and you're <laughs> like, oh, am I washed up? Did I already make it? Like, yeah, I felt like that a lot when I left New York because I was like, I made it in New York. And then I was like, well, what? I'm 33. Like, what comes next? You know, yeah, so yeah. I think um, I don't know. I think that's something we haven't really talked about much on the podcast. And uh, I think it's a really interesting I don't know, an interesting place to look at the world. And I mean, clearly you're going to be awesome and successful and do all the things, but it's fun to like make, make it and then be like, what's next and figure out what comes next. Yeah. I'm glad to hear you've had that experience too. Cause it has, I, I feel felt like very has reinvented it. herself yeah. like 12 times. Uh, I feel like you've yeah, had many careers. I have, I've had more. She's done a lot of stuff. Necessary. No. And she has two master's but, degrees. That's well, just, oh, Maddie, you're so good at bragging. <laughs> I always tell the <laughs> resume. Myself. 
That's You're great. a renaissance it's good woman. To have, it's good to have those Thank people you. around you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the hype um, man. I'm like I mean, that guy like from that's kind of what Hypeable to... Magazine or whatever yeah. it was. <laughs> I love it. But this is not about me. I want to ask Zach here more questions. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Have you ever, are you like a New York lifer? Have you ever thought about like the move to LA or anything or... Not so much. I feel like that's always the actor's dilemma. Yeah, it is the actor's dilemma. I actually, someone from the show just moved to LA right after Mm. it ended. Um, She just felt like it was the way for her to go, and her manager is based out there anyway, so it made sense. Um, I think about it. My brother is out there, and my aunt and uncle are out there, um, so I have family out there, which is nice. Uh, I don't know, for me at least, like the film and TV hasn't been as strong up until recently so I ha- it hasn't really been yeah. that much of a consideration I feel like there's so much tv in new york too there's also so much more tv in new york now and i do a decent amount of auditioning for commercial stuff that are looking for types like me more so than you yeah. know when I'm... we were at the bar they played a commercial that you were in oh they Ooh. did yeah what That's... was it a commercial for oh which i don't was even it the remember one? I, it was the first time you had seen it I think it was because you were uh, like, I need to see if I'm going to get paid for the use yeah, fee. Yeah, okay, whatever. that was that was the Zaxby's. <laughs> yeah. one. they finally paid me for that. Which Wait, was great. what was it? Uh, do you know the restaurant chain Zaxby's? No, it's like a fried chicken. Uh, chain. What even kind of food is that? <laughs> fried chicken? It's like KFC kind of style. Yeah, great. But it's, it's mostly like in the South, I think. But um, they played so, in they played it in New York. Yeah, I so I don't know what that was about, but. <laughs> Can you give us a list of commercials you've been in for what companies? Because um, I want to know. The the recent two that I've been were the Zaxby's one I just did a couple months ago, and then before that I did one for Jimmy John's, Love where it. they had me playing a dad with two kids that were like thirteen and fourteen. <laughs> no. I was like, wow. I was like, no one is buying this. No, it's the beard. Did you have the beard? No, it was during the show, so yeah. I didn't have it. Wow, um, mistake. I know. I just I know, sometimes I'm so... I look close. I feel like people. Like, they really bank on the fact that you're only going to watch the commercial for, like, 15 seconds or whatever it I is, was barely, and you're not going to pay attention. It, to be fair. Because sometimes I, like, give a commercial a hard look, and I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They try to, like, slip stuff by you, for sure. Yeah. Mm. Oh, they definitely funny. do. I was talking about that the yesterday, actually. I was with some high school friends, and there's a girl that we went to high school with, and she's at, you, you guys might have seen it, it's a Duracell commercial, and it's with, like, a girl on the plane, and, like there's like a baby that's like really loud and like a guy like crinkling chips and then she like puts her he- uh, batteries in her headphones and they're like noise canceling then she like puts them on and she's like oh and then it's like I think batteries I've seen yeah i think i've seen that i've seen it so many times and the first time i saw it i was like i thought i had gone crazy because i was like i know that girl i know that girl i know that girl and then she like posted it on facebook and she's like i'm in it but i was like this commercial is everywhere so but i think that's I don't know. also the like trippy thing i mean granted this is a high school friend of yours but like the trippy thing about li- living in new york like everybody knows actors when you live in new york and right. that's true for you're like me, did i just see this person in a show yeah <laughs> i can't remember and, you know, it's, it's always so bizarre like i was watching law and order one day and i was like then my yoga teacher just pops up and i'm like wait <laughs> like and, and this is a teacher like not just someone i took casually from like i took her class twice a week for five years so i was like what the fuck and then um <laughs> Somebody that I worked with, volunteered with, again, never talks about it, but he was like a whole in um, Broad City. And I was like watching. I was like, what in the world? You know, yeah. it's just it's such a weird experience, right? When that, that I think one people of the in other I parts like. of the country don't have. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I like about New York as opposed to L.A. Mm-hmm. 
where you might just yeah. run into it I seems like more of a community the first week yeah. i lived here i just like saw danny devito on the street i was like all right that's yeah. just cool yeah i feel like especially down. living because i live you were mentioning you saw the theater coming here i live very close to the new world stages and there's all sorts of like mm-hmm. celebrities everywhere oh yeah so. all the time we should all go around the circle and say our favorite celebrity sighting oh Mm. Of all time. Mm. I'm trying to think. I've had a few. I Oh, this is a good one. I saw... This was... I went to NYU. I saw John Hamm. This was when he was dating that Jennifer woman, that blonde woman that he broke up with. I can't remember her name, mm-hmm. her last name, but she's also an actor. And it was, like, before he went to rehab for drinking and I was, like, outside the student center, which is, like, right on Washington Square Park. And they were walking by. It was, like, 6 p.m. I was, like, leaving the student center. And he walks by in a tuxedo. And his girlfriend is wearing, like, an evening gown. And they're, like, walking down the street. And he's, like, two paces in front of her. And they're, like, screaming at each other. <gasps> like, full oh, on by screaming. Ooh. And so, at first, I was, like, oh, it's John Hamm wearing a tuxedo. This is exciting. And then he's, like, berating his girlfriend. And I was, like what do I do? I was like, Yikes. I can't look away, but I don't want to yeah. be here. It was like really terrible. And then oh like my God. a couple months later, it became public that he has an alcohol problem and they broke up and I was like, Jesus. So that was so both exciting and terrifying. Woof. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Zach, what about you guys? About you? Um, I've got two that I can think of off the top of my head. One was actually before I lived here, right after I graduated college, I uh, was doing a show through a theater company here that are alums of UNC. So we came up here to rehearse, and then we went back to UNC to perform the show. And we were right by Washington Square Park, so it made me think of it. Uh, and I was walking out on a break, and I just looked over, and there was like all this commotion right at the entrance of uh, the park. And it was Cash Cab filming a new intro. Oh, fun. So all of a sudden it was like the cab and he was like getting out and there's like the camera going in. And I was oh, like. Oh, love. Which just made me laugh because I was. That's really funny. I, you know, I still didn't live here yet. So I was like starry eyed. Like, like, oh my gosh, Cash Cab's right there. New York's the greatest. Yeah. Oh my God. I, love I it. did. It's so funny because it all comes full circle. When I was in high school, we always did this. Um, festival it was like a one-act festival and they used to they used to have it where it was like seniors in the high school would write the the one acts and then like the younger kids would perform it but then they evolved it because high schools aren't very good at writing plays so they would get um plays from like local community theaters and stuff um but when i did it some kid in like a senior wrote a play and it was actually i mean i'm sure if i read it now i'd be like this is garbage but at the time i was like this is such a cool idea they wrote a play about like a celebrity cash cab Oh, funny. Like, all those people in the cash cab were celebrities, but they were, like, bing bong. So it was, like, Lindsay Lohan and, like, Paris Hilton, like, trying to answer questions. That's amazing. And I played Megan Fox, which I was, like, so excited about in high school. I was, like, someone thinks I'm remotely looking like Megan Fox. (laughs) I think it was only because I had brown hair at the time, and they were, like, brown hair. She has brown hair. prettier than Megan Fox. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you, Shay. Wow. I I talk about your master's degrees and you talk about how pretty I am. We'll take it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, it was really funny because at the time, like a bunch of us hadn't watched Cash Cab. And then like before we did that, I watched like 12 episodes in a row and I was like, this is fantastic. Oh, it's great. And it's like one of those shows where like it is like once you're in the cab, you have to like sign the release obviously before you do it. But like they don't stage it like they legit drive the cab around. And like you can kind of tell before you get in it that it's the Cash Cab, but like. It's yeah, not like they stage the it and you're like standing there and it's just you're 
so desperate to get in a taxi that you're I know. like, great. I've thought about that. Down. I'm like, would I be annoyed if I was, like, really late running somewhere and then I got in the oh, cash cab? 100%. <laughs> I'm like, do you think that's like, happened where people no are doubt. like, I appreciate the opportunity, but I would like to not but be in But this was really cab. the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet that I happens. It. Like, I am Especially pregnant and about to give birth. Yeah. Not time for oh. cash cab. I feel like they probably wouldn't pick you up if you looked like you were trying yeah. to get a taxi they, to the hospital. You have to sign the release. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. That's, like, my biggest... Ever since Seth Meyers just came out with his Lobby Baby special on Netflix, it's like his stand-up, and he called it Lobby Baby because his wife had a baby in the lobby of their building. Oh, no, no. It's God, worst nightmare. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm so, like, goodness gracious. Um, I love it. Shay, what's your celebrity sighting? Oh, so I have to say three because <laughs> I love them all for different reasons. Uh, <laughs> the overall best in any contest would be when i saw heath ledger about two months before he died oh man Uh, also right before i moved to new york so i wasn't officially a new york resident at the time uh another one i always love to talk about is because i saw the girl who plays one of like the minor vampires in twilight but i like saw her in a starbucks and then i ran into a pole because i was like (laughs) actually green from starbucks boom and then not five minutes later, I was texting someone that I saw Ashley Green in a Starbucks and then I ran into a fire hydrant. So <laughs> that was fun. Ping pong but my personal favorite was when I saw Mo Rocca of Sunday morning and NPR came oh. yep. crossing the road in Chelsea. And I was just like, that's Mo Rocca. And whoever I was with was basically like, please STFU dork. But you know, <laughs> that yeah. definitely happened. My most recent celebrity sighting was Amanda Seyfried mm. in a crystal shop in Woodstock, New York. What? This wow. was over Labor Day. I went to Woodstock and we were in this very tiny, very like dense, like lots of crystals and like incense everywhere. And she was in there with her husband and I was with their, I was with my friends and I was behind them and I was like, that's Amanda Seyfried. And like her husband definitely saw me. He started laughing. (laughs) I totally caused a scene. And then the woman at the store, like they left before us and the woman at the store was like, we typically don't point out the celebrities when we, when they come in here, like calling me out that I was causing a scene. Whatever. But I was like, (laughs) yeah, I was like, she's a millennial icon. She was in Mamma Mia. Mm -hmm. Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Like... Les Mis, yeah, all of the above. Oh, yeah, Les Mis. So uh, I was too afraid to talk to her. She was like too beautiful. Oh my! I should have, as opposed to like embarrassing myself in front of her husband. She didn't see, and he didn't like call me out. So you probably I, thought it was funny. I you to, look very mild mannered. When I was working at a restaurant back when I was still managing, dead period between like two and four, no one's in the restaurant, and Scarlett Johansson came in with her baby. Uh-huh. Oh. oh, with the baby. <clears throat> yeah. So this was years ago. Um, mm-hmm. So she's the only person in the restaurant. And the the guy who was the only server left was just, like, jaw to the ground. He could not move. <laughs> he was like, he was like, please let me serve her. I was like, yeah. She's the only one here. She's the only yeah. one here, and you're the only one working. You're <laughs> no, going to be serving her. You have her. to serve her. <laughs> but you gotta pull it together, my yeah. friend. Because right yeah. now you look... Like Crazy. a fool. Yeah. <laughs> but it was just very funny because I just had to like slap him around a little bit and be like, like you got this wrong. Yeah. 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 She's a person. Yeah. She eats just nice. like everyone else. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. So a question totally unrelated to this topic. What restaurant do you work at now, Zach? Uh, right now, do you all know Sleep No More? Yes. Yes. I work at Gallo Green, which is the oh. rooftop bar. Oh, 
cool. Fancy. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm working there. They actually are they shut it down right now because it's obviously too cold to be on the roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they turn it into a ski lodge for the winter, oh. so they put up oh. walls. Um, so I haven't seen yet, that yet, but they're renovating it right now. That's very cool. But they have we had some big Halloween parties. Mm. Neil Patrick Harris was there, but I didn't see him. Oh. I've seen heard. him before. He's yeah. very skinny in real life. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's a twig. Very skinny. Yeah, I Is he that. tall? I feel like he's either very tall or very short. No, he was just like a very petite man, and he was like chain smoking, walking oh. down 23rd Street with his husband, and I was just like, and they were both in suits, and I was very confused as to what was <laughs> going on at that moment. I love it. Um, outside of the right aid or whatever that's great um anyway zach anything else you'd like to share with us before we we move on to our archery range or maddie any other questions no i think we covered range yes oh boy all right getting ready okay uh no i don't think so yeah if you're interested puffs is available on itunes and amazon and i might watch it tonight broadway hd as well um if you i think that's a subscription service though um But you can do that. Yeah, there should there are other Broadway shows on there. Um, Other than that, yeah, I don't know. Awesome. All right, archery range time. Okay. Am I the target in this archery range? Yes. So great. Shay will explain it. (laughs) Nice. We will ask you a series of rapid fire questions, mostly like, what's the best or what's your favorite? Uh, Answer uh, quickly, just whatever's off of the top of your head. Doesn't have to be your all time favorite, just a favorite. Love it. And uh, just to get to know you a little bit better and place you in our millennial spectrum. So Maddie. Yes. Go first. Kick us off. Favorite book. Favorite book. Oh gosh. Uh, Les Mis might be one of my favorites. Oh, love it. I know we just talked about that and that's why it's on my mind. (laughs) Favorite childhood snack. Goldfish. Still Mm. might be my favorite snack. I don't know if I I ever got out of that. I had goldfish today. Um, (laughs) Favorite Broadway show that's not Puffs, obviously, because that holds a special place. That holds a special place. Um, Little Shop. It's a good one. Isn't that coming back? It is coming back. Someone's doing it. Yeah. There have been like two or three productions happening like simultaneously, and I can't tell which one's coming to Broadway or where. Yeah. But I think someone's doing it. Favorite movie? Pulp Fiction. Mm, classic mm-hmm. favorite year of school like if you had to pick mm. junior like year of college mm. nice adult adult school yeah I like if it. not college then probably senior year of high school yeah Just when you feel like you're out. on top yeah i love it favorite new york city restaurant uh, right now, uh, it's in Astoria, and it's my favorite pizza place in the entire mm. world. It's called Milk Flower. They have a mm. pizza, you know, they're like Neapolitan-style pizzas. They put it in the oven for like 90 seconds. It's so hot, it cooks. And it's a white pizza with Brussels sprouts, truffle oil, black pepper, and then two cracked eggs yes, in the middle. Ooh. And amazing. so they're still like soft-boiled or like or like yeah. over easy. So it's amazing. So That sounds amazing. Hard yeah, plug for Milk Flower. There. Yeah. I love it favorite place you've traveled but never lived uh uh the galapagos islands whoa that's oh. a hard to get to one yeah we uh it was my one of the places my mom always wanted to go to so my dad set it up for her 60th birthday Aww. and we went as a family so me and my brother and my mom and my dad and how do you even like, get there did you have to take like four planes it's we took a plane to miami a plane um 
to Guayaquil and then a small plane over to the Galapagos Islands and then we took a cruise around to multiple islands. Wow. It was like a National Geographic cruise. Wow. We like snorkeled every day and saw the turtles and the penguins and it was Was it wild? It was amazing. It was the oh, honestly one of the best experiences of my life. If you have it. the That's chance so cool. like I know it's not easy to do but No, it's one it of those like on your bucket bu- yeah, list things. I was going to say your mom yeah. chose wisely for yeah. her bucket list. Yeah. Item. Yeah, okay. like seeing Very cool. like the animals are not afraid of you because they have no reason to be so they'll just walk up to you or like get in oh, your way they're like protected yeah it's and all just because like it's all protected you, they there's separate customs like going in and out for like checking for you nefarious know. yeah you're but stealing things wild. smuggling the penguins people have tried <laughs> like, to steal, the, sure steal the iguanas thing. they've caught Aww. they caught someone with like one in australia or something it's <gasps> crazy yeah it's terrible yeah awesome. um well, I, I think, think that's, that's all it, of yeah. my arrows. So, um, Zach, where can we find you? If uh, you'd like to be found. Oh, sure. I mean, sure, you can find Up me. Up your Twitter like. followers yeah. for MTV. <laughs> my yeah. Twitter followers, which are sad. Uh, <laughs> uh, just at Zach Moon, uh, Z-A-C-M-O-O-N. Love it. Uh, at, I think that's my Twitter and Instagram. Shows how well I know. <laughs> I know. I always Love think it. about that. I'm like, what's my handle versus my name? Yeah. Because they're not the yeah. same thing. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having thank me. This was Zach. great. All right. Really appreciate it. Yeah, had so much fun. All right, Kimbers, we will see you next week or maybe the week after, pending if (laughs) Maddie slash me has my business together. So anyway, we love you and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, Resident Youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield. And this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Thanks campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at camp.